Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast. I always say that with such vigour and intensity, don't I? I am your host, Chris, and uh, welcome back to French Football. Liga is underway. So here we are to talk about it. My guests this evening, pretty much as always, are Rich, Jez, and the hostess with the most S, Phil. Good evening to you all. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> I thought Richard run away then. He's like, no, I've had enough of this. I'm gone. We haven't even talked about Ren yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, good evening to you all. So uh, we thought uh, just to start the show off this week, given it's the first weekend of the season, uh, there's lots to cover. We thought we'd give every team a little bit of a mention. So we're just going to run through each individual game. Won't be the same every week. We'll go back to our usual format of highlighting individual games. But just for the first week, we thought we would cover them all with a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, nicety shall we say for each team so we'll uh, we'll start with the the first game that opened up the uh the new league season uh it's a finished marseille four to lose nil and other than john bostock's haircut there was a first for french football in this game uh jez if anyone's been sleeping under a rock what was this first the first was um the first league and goal given by reference to var well, actually, a penalty given by reference to VAR. Indeed, um, um, France are uh, trendsetters in the World Cup, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, uh, it's nice to see it. I think coming into into Ligue 1 as well, with all the controversies that we know about, but I still think it it helps more than it hinders overall. And there's, mm-hmm. there will be teething problems. Um, this one. Possibly it was a good thing for VARPR that the first song went for Marseille rather than against them. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think um, in one of the later matches with Angers-Nîmes, there were, there were two VAR decisions, both of which were kind of cleared out rightly within kind of 20, 30 seconds. And so the, the TV teams were going, yeah, yeah, this, this, this is how it should be. So, um, yeah, I agree with, with Jez on that. I like the term VARPR, by the way. Thank you for that, That's, that's going to stick. Um, Rich, we saw, uh, we saw a double from Dimitri Payet, um, including that aforementioned penalty, which, for the record, um, I, I was fully behind the decision with VAR. It, it was a, a handball from the young defender. Pretty, pretty clear cut to me. And then a little bit of gloss put on the, uh, the result with two late goals from Valais-Germain after a delicious long pass from Morgan Sanson and Florian Tovan with a lovely piece of control and finish. Question to you, really, on the back of this game, 4-0. It's a home win for Marseille. Do we read too much into this from either side, i.e. are to lose that bad, are Marseille that good, or is it just one of those opening day, not freak results, but slightly flattering scorelines? No, to lose are that bad. Um, <laughs> Straight in the wallop. Um, look, look, Marseille deserved the win. They, they, they absolutely cantered to this it was a, a, a real walk in the walk in the velodrome if you like um they they i mean they barely broke sweat really i mean toulouse were an absolute shambles at the back um this is obviously their first game in the the, the post easy the op world and it didn't particularly good picture for toulouse they they moved kelvin amian who i thought actually last season looked all right at right back yeah they moved him um into the centre of defence, and and unfortunately for him, he had an absolute shocker. And he really did. He was he was out of position. He was missing crosses. 
it was it was not a good game. Um, Marseille were good for the win, four nil. Yeah, it, it it looks slightly slightly flashy, but you know Marseille just were. I mean, it could have been, it could have been a lot more. You know, Payet in the first half put quite a quite a few free kicks that ordinarily he might have he might have tested uh, Baptiste Rene a couple of times. Um, Rene himself made a couple of decent saves. The the one standout player for Toulouse, um, and and I mean Valerie Man missed a couple of sitters as well. He eventually got his goal. Uh, it, it could have been a lot more. I don't think you can read too much in in it from a Marseille perspective. Although they're they're back to you know scoring a lot of goals. They're back to Dimitri Payet and and Florian Tovan being heavy contributors to the team. Um, they're going to face far, far stiffer tests from probably any of the 18 other teams in the league because this was just not a contest. Um, and, and Toulouse really have a lot of worries ahead of the season and we're only one game in. Yes, yeah, not uh, not good. Um, speaking of worries, let's move on. Not one, Monaco three. Uh, Jez, let me come to you on, on this one first. Uh, Ronnie Lupe, Ronnie Lupez, Ronnie Lopez, uh, Stefan Jovetic, uh, El Tigre, Radamel Falcao, and uh, probably the pick of the bunch of the goals actually from Salah, um, counting for nothing in the battle of the Portuguese managers. Um, good witness for Monaco. What do we sort of anticipate seeing some? I know we covered them in the preview pod last week, but do do we sort of see a bit of a change in style or approach from Monaco with these young players? They've lost Kate Balde since we last recorded to Inter. That's now gone through. Um, transfer window, of course, is still open. But it's a good win in a, in a ground uh, that's traditionally not easy to score goals on. So off to a flyer. And what do we expect from them? Um, I think probably similar to last season, um, the beginning of last season they sort of on on paper it looked like they started like a train but excuse me it was um partly Falcao being in very good form um for the first few matches and um it was just one of those things where possibly a few of their score lines were a little bit flattering um and I think as the season went on the the form sort of plateaued and maybe it was more sort of realistic um, reflection of how they were playing and where they were. Um, this this match seems a little bit similar. It was um, quite a flattering result for them. Um, I thought Nantes, as, as we thought they might this year, um, played some nice stuff. But obviously, it's quite a new new uh, like lineup, new way of playing for them. So there's always going to be um, again. I've already used that phrase, but a few sort of teething problems for them and. Monaco and certainly a couple of their more experienced players took, took really good advantage, but uh, you know, Nantes could have been a goal or two up um, earlier on, and that could have made things very different. So, um, you know, I certainly wouldn't look at the result and say, "Oh, Monaco are sort of, you know, going to waltz to to the top three again or anything like that." I think there are going to be a few problems for them. Um, but this is a perfect result for them. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd have tipped them to win this match, um, considering there's been such a big revamp there. So, you know, while they're all getting used to playing with each other, and some of the younger players are used to playing full, full stop, um, you know, if they even if they are sketchy wins, if they can get these sketchy wins to to keep in touch with with the other teams at the top, then it's perfect for them. And you know, yet yet again, Jardim just showed what a great 
coach he is he was very modest at the end sort of said no it's all about the players but his substitutions and change of formation did make a difference and again I think he's already proven in one match this season that he's by far the most important person in that in that whole club at the moment it was I think it was a lesson in 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 opportunism and 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 being clinical in front of goal I thought this was a, a really good performance from Nantes. It was so obviously a new style of play under Cardo, so that we've not seen for so long with Nantes. I thought they looked really good on the ball, unlike in previous, in previous seasons where they've just sat back and cleared it and gone, well, we'll just block you from scoring and stop you from scoring. They actually looked to take the ball forward. All that seems to be lacking is a finisher. Now, they didn't have Salah starting, argue whether he's a finisher or not. They didn't have Waris starting, argue whether he's a finisher or not. But they are two strikers who have at least some scoring pedigree in this division. So I think once they can get those into the team, then then maybe. Ultimately, Nantes missed a lot of chances. Valentin Rangier missed um, three or four really good chances. and It it probably epitomised the game around that 80th minute when Rongier missed a really easy chance. Monaco broke and, and popped up the other end and Jovetic got the second for Monaco. But uh, Nantes can, I think, can, although it looks a far more heavier defeat than it probably deserved, I think Nantes can take positives from this just as much as Monaco. They've got one potential problem, which is that Russian media is reporting that both Krasnodar and Kiev are interested in Salah. So if he moves on... He moves on, like you said, arguably a finisher. But if all you've got is arguable finishers, he is one of them. Um, so if he, he moves on uh, eastwards, um, you know that, that could leave them in a bit of a hole if they don't uh, themselves do some recruitment uh, in the, the rest of the window. And of course, they, they have Bushilia as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention. I know he's not a striker, but... He is a he is a, an attacking player that we know has quality. Um, he obviously just per the terms of his loan uh, wasn't going to be able to play against his parent. But I think I think there's positives to take from Nantes from that game definitely. Yeah, yeah, positives indeed, and uh, certainly weren't any positives. Uh, Phil, I come to you. Um, well, I say <laughs> no positives, but there there weren't many positives for Patrick Vieira on his return uh, to Ligue 1 this time, obviously as a manager rather than a player. Um, his uh, niece had got off to what can only be described as a disappointing uh, start mm. to their campaign as they lost at home to, to Ram, uh, not Reims. Um, and um, the, uh, I believe I read somewhere it's the first time Rams have, have won in, uh, since 1976 in Nice, which is quite a while. Um, what's the con- what do you think the concerns are? We should give Ram credit, which, which we've shown yeah. in a moment, but Nice, first of all, is it the concerns of a goal scorer at the moment? Because obviously they've got one who's half out the door, another one has just left. Um, yeah, still yeah. got Cyprian, but they looked a bit toothless, didn't they? Yeah, and I think um, Balotelli didn't start, I understand, because he's potentially, there's all those rumours about Marseille going on, so players gone. But also, obviously, with um, Jean-Michel Serri going, um, there's a large amount of link-up play that is now no longer there. And some of the other players who are going to try to fill that role are a bit younger. And 
you know, we'll need to, to get into the swing of things. I think, as you mentioned, it, we do need to give Rouse credit, you know, newly promoted and the first game back in, in the top flight is away from home and they win uh, 1-0. They did very well. But yeah, and what worried me slightly was that um, the manager didn't look particularly comfortable on the sideline. It looked a bit like he wasn't quite sure what to do next. Obviously, he needs to bed into this new role like some of the players need to do. Um, so that's maybe going to take some time. But, you know, they don't want that to go on too long. Yeah, agreed. The two observations I picked up on from this game, uh, in particular, um, whilst it was a good a good strike from Musa Dumbia, uh, Johan Cardinal really should have done better near post from distance. Got I think, down. I think Cardinal should have done better is possibly something that Nice fans have on a t-shirt. Got used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah that well, see, it, it's interesting because that was his recall, effectively recall, yeah. wasn't it? Because they they went with Benitez. Um, for last season, um, so it was interesting that. But they've 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 signed that um, Marlida from Lyon. Yes, last that went through podcast. last last night, didn't it? Yeah, or yesterday. Um, which it, it's you know he is a forward. Some would say he's slightly more of a uh, of a winger, but he will play up front, I'm sure. But they're still, I think they're still light. I still think they need they need someone a bit more reliable. You know, Maulida may be an exciting prospect, but he's still a prospect. He's not well, there's rumors. There's been rumors about um Modest. Yesterday Nice was was uh linked Nice were linked with Simone Zaza ah, and right. today Marseille have been linked with him. So the penalty be a tussle tussle between the two of them who both despite Marseille's 4-0 win, I think both teams are really in need of a of a decent center forward and it would be interesting if Marseille gets Zaza, do they still want Balotelli? Is he going to go anywhere else or would he end up having to stick with Nice for another season? Mm, that would be an awkward relationship, wouldn't it? I'd say the other, the other thing that, that struck me, uh, take this whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I think Nice are going to be really heavily reliant on, on um, St. Maximin in, in, in terms of mm. attacking-wise because everything went through him and that probably speaks volumes in truth if they don't get a forward that because he's uh, as exciting as he is. He, he can be a bit hit and miss as well. So big season for him. Um, let's uh, let's make Phil unhappy. So Rich, I'll come mm-hmm. to you. It'll be awkward otherwise. Uh, Montpellier won Dijon 2. Um, I did say, like Montpellier's kit. So did I. I. Yeah, you beat yeah. me. Why, why did you have to do that, Jez? I was all ready to go there. And I'm you sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'll I'll just drop in St Etienne's kit, which I also like, which we'll come back to later. Um, oh, yeah, actually, um, there's a Montpellier fan who's uh, started a business, and it he does uh, phone cases. Oh, right. And okay. he's got the home and away cases of the Montpellier kit. If you check my timeline, I've retweeted his details. They do look very nice. They I do. I like the sort of swirly image of the blue, the wavy type of blue. It is quite quite nice. Um, but kits aside, that was about all it, it was good. Yeah, kits aside, the finishing is terrible. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Rich, again, we've got to give credit to Dijon. Pedro Mendes put Montpellier in front with a delightful finish at the back stick from uh, after a corner was knocked across to him. Really good open of the foot and uh, in off the post. But Julio Tavares was in the right place at the right time to put past Lecomte just after, into the second half. And then Koulibaly uh, with the uh, the winner in the 90 or 90 plus minutes. So um, disappointment for Montpellier. What, what do we make of, of them and, 
and where do you see as we talked about Dijon didn't we last week saying that we hope that they sort of uh, entertain us like they did last year and is this a sign that that could be set to continue uh, Dijon definitely I mean this is it's, it's, it's great for them but I think to look, go back to Montpellier where it's, it's goals I think we we had concerns about that um, in, in the preview and, and across all summer that they, they need goals. I mean, Andy Delore, yes, he was a good striker when he was at Calm, but that's a long time ago now. Um, I don't know. I, they seem to have a, they seem to like a tempestuous striker because they've got Andy Delore and they've got Giovanni, Giovanni Sia. Sia. Well, he won't be around for long. Well, no, no, I saw it. He's put a, has he put a statement out where he's been? Oh, I don't. I have, I, he's put a statement out. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but if it's anything like the statements he put out when he was at Ren, it's basically him not making himself any more likable to fans. <laughs> and, mm, that and... would seem to be the theme even without the statement. I mean, I think, you know, look at their window. They've sold Michele, Mbenza, Ninga and Roussillon. So they're short, wide players. They're very short or wide players, which makes playing a 5-3-2 look even less likely to score than it did last season when it didn't score very much. So I think Andy Delors coming in is good, actually, because, yeah, while he's got limitations, Montpellier are used to that. He's a, He seems a decent fit for Montpellier. You know, he's not pretty. He's occasionally violent, but he can be he can be efficient when he needs to be. So I think that, that looks good. But then if Sio goes, Ninga's already gone, Kamara can't play 90 minutes anywhere. Um, who else is that front two? You know, well, it's a bit kind of uh, awkward. You've been linked with a couple of players today, so um, yeah. it looks I mean, like Gaetana Bords might come in from Bordeaux, which I think yeah. could be quite a canny signing. And, they've and then the two youngsters. Sukatic, did we? Uh, there was a transfer in of uh, someone else who's who's an attacker. But I didn't see that, but I saw that you've been you're after on loan either uh Musa Silla who had that um mm-hmm. good end to the season with Monaco last year or Musa Diaby who um for PSG was really good in the Euro yeah. under nineteens recently. Very good. Good but in the champions trophy is he attacking midfield? I thought he was more They're more they they're more sort of wideish. Right, well, that's good, (laughs) as we've established. I think Keegan Dolly was playing in the centre against Dijon, which which possibly isn't a great look. So, yeah, it's going to be, I think, a tricky start to the season because having sold kind of four key players or loaned or, well, not having four key players, um, the need to get people in and integrate the people who are the backups that has to happen kind of pretty fast. Um, so that's going to be interesting. So away at Amiens at the weekend, hopefully uh, will show a bit more spark. But yes, it was uh, a bit awkward. Um, apart from the goals, um, Benjamin Lecomte did save a penalty, penalty quite yeah. late on. Um, but then got kind of done by the Koulibaly 91st minute winner. Good finish yeah. that as well, by the way. Yeah, really good it finish. Was. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a great, a great uh, start to the season for the for the home support. No, so they get the win for kits, but not the result they wanted. <laughs> um, however, wins uh, is something we cannot mention in terms of Ren. 
uh, unfortunately, Rich. Sorry. Uh, I'll let you have your your uh, your word on, on Ren in a second. But I want to ask Jez about Lille first. Um, what would I mean? It's hard to know where Lille are, um, but obviously in terms of this game, they they ran out three one winners after uh, Grenier. Good to see him back on the score sheet. But Ren in front, they they struck back with three good goals in the second half. Particularly Bam, Jonathan Bamba's goal was a really okay, a breakaway in theory, but really lovely football to build up to it. What, what's Lille's kind of season? target or ceiling if you will this this season Jez I mean are they are they just looking to get things back into stability or could they make a little bit more of a mid-table maybe bottom end of Europe push do you think? Um, definitely the, the very least stability I mean they should never have been where they were last year it was partly due to the fact that it was quite a young squad partly due to the fact that the fans didn't exactly help them out and partly due to uh, the great Bielsa um, so they were sort of fighting a losing battle from from the very start of the season. Um, Galtier, as you'd expect from the kind of manager that he is, eventually steadied the ship. Um, and they've had, so far, a really good transfer window. Um, I think it's been a little bit top-heavy in terms of sort of the attack rather than defence, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, certainly for neutrals, and I think certainly for Lille fans, um, you know, a couple of whom, including Andrew, have kind of said, um, you know, we'll, we'll take defeats if at least we're worth watching for once, um, which we certainly haven't been in the last couple of years. And you look at the, the combinations against Wren, and, you know, again, Andrew said that, it was the best he's ever seen Benzia play and he was linking well with Bamba and um, Motiba and Pepe and there's there's potential there. My, my only worry was you're sort of combining um, a good attacking transfer window with a very defensive coach and it might not work but certainly Saturday night suggested that um, you know Gautier is capable of, of a more attacking formation than, or attacking intent than we ever saw at Saint-Etienne. The only thing is wait and see what happens between now and the end of the window because Pepe, who um, I really think is is probably, uh, I'm going to say the strongest of, of, of them all. I mean, Bamba, I think, has still got potential, but Pepe's slightly more established. Um, he was He's now been linked with, I think, Sevilla and possibly a couple of other clubs as well. So it may depend on, on whether they manage to keep him, but... With those three or four that were playing the other day, with uh, Lloyd Remy to come in, who proved at Las Palmas that he's still got a lot to give, they they really could click. And if they click, not only will they be fun to watch, but yeah, I certainly think they could challenge for Europe. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Um, Rich, we do have to look at the other side of the fence, though. Maybe you can just sort of peer over it in sort of Simpson style. Um, what what did you make of, of Ren's first outing? I mean, say it's good to see Grenier. Uh, fit and playing football for one thing but also scored a lovely goal but that was kind of it really any concerns from what you saw on the opening day um minor concern nothing nothing to to cause me sleepless nights or anything i thought Lille were the better team by a long way um so absolute credit to them bamba pepe motiba benzia I thought, forgive me my pronunciation, Selik or Chelik, the, the, the um, Turkish fullback that they brought in, I thought he was excellent as well. Um, they were just a far better team, ultimately. I think Ren have to look at their defence. I thought they looked pretty suspect. Um, 
They've obviously got um, Jeremy Jannan, who is a, is a very young defender and has pretty much played his entire career alongside Joris Nyanyon. Nyanyon's now left and he's now got to establish a new relationship. Um, I thought it was going to be uh, Damian De Silva. Um, I then thought it was going to be Rami Bensabaini with, with Ludovic Barr back at left back. It appears for the time being it's going to be Edson Mexer. That relationship did not look solid at all. There seemed to be no communication, real lack of understanding where each other were, and they were caught out of position a number of times. Ludovic, Ludovic Ball looked very short of game time, which is not surprising considering how much he missed last season due to injury. Um, I think going forward, it was a bit, a bit of a nothing really. As Malasar, I'm still having concerns of is he really just going to be just someone who's very quick and, and doesn't seem to, he hasn't quite yet learnt to, to look up and, and realise what he actually needs to do with the ball rather than just run. Um, and and Diafra Sacco, I mean, he started, he's not going to be the first choice striker, but again, it was another anonymous display from him. So concerns going forward, concerns at the back, but nothing that can't be rectified. Um, over the coming you know, coming couple of weeks or so. So there's nothing, uh, you know, 3-1 looks a horrible result on the first day of the season, especially after finishing last season so strongly and, and achieving that Europa League qualification. Um, but no, I don't think there's anything there that's going to be grossly concerning. I think there's just some tweaks and perhaps a little bit of acclimatisation for a couple of players in that team. But ultimately, they just they just lost to a far superior Lille who, were full of pace, full of movement, and had players that really looked like they were gelled from, you know, from from the minute they kicked off. Really, yeah, far superior Lille. That's something we haven't said for <laughs> quite a while. Um, and um, speaking of superior, that uh, brings us to the the final. Um, sorry, actually, we got two more games, but um, we'll, we'll we'll gloss over Sanetian in a second. But the the nuts game of the night is uh, is how I'm going to describe this. Anger three mean four. Um, Fantastic result for for Nîmes and against uh, with ten men. It should be stressed. I mean, the score was three two to the home side at the time. They, in fact, it was three. Was it three? Yeah, it was three two when they lost the lost a man to uh, to a red card. Miguel sent off for two yellows, um, and then uh, two goals in the last five minutes from Repar and, and uh, what was classed as an own goal in the end from Roman Thomas. But uh, Debray with um, with a goal on debut as well. Nîmes just. Well, I mean, who saw this coming? Anyone well, want to jump in? Because it was well, nuts. I, think, game. Um, um, I was tweeting a, a week or so ago that things looked great because they were already on strike about match bonuses. <laughs> and it was like, fuck, leave it a while, chap, seriously. But um, they came into this and they went ahead through Dieu-Bon inside five minutes. And then Angers... Um, we, there were some VAR incidents, but as I say, they all kind of worked out. They were the right results, and they happened quickly. Everybody was fine with it. There was no arguing or argy-bargy. Um, Angers went f- sort of 3-1 up, um, up to 10 minutes into the second half with Capel, Fulgini, who, who played very well, and Traore. And then everything went a bit crackers in like you say the last 15 minutes you got to pray scoring um guy getting sent off ripper scoring and then he i think he also put the assist in for what turned out to be an own goal but 
you know, was um, was great finish, and just the the utter joy and the celebrations and the running around and the pylons and everything, it was brilliant to see from Neiman. Obviously, have been was it twenty five years since they've been in the top flight. Mm. Um, so to come back and kind of announce yourself with that kind of result is like, yeah, we're not taking any prisoners. Um, and they are playing at home against Marseille in the late game on Sunday coming up. And I'm re- I am staying in for that with biscuits, popcorn, ice cream. I am really hoping that is going to be chaos as well. All the um, snacks. Oh, all, all of the snacks. Yeah. Because they, they, if they're going to go for it, you know, when you come up, there's issues where, yes, it's a different level. Your defenders need to be better, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're just going to go for it and, as you say, do that with 10 men having played for the last kind of 15 minutes or so with uh, a man down, then, you know, good for good for them for, for making it interesting and not playing kind of a conservative defensive game. Because yeah. those are not two words you would use about this match. Um, no. It was absolutely brilliant to watch. And, and these uh, are the, I wish them well. <laughs> these are the games as well that they that they probably want to go for against sides that, that could mm-hmm. potentially be got at. And I, I I felt really sorry for Dupre actually for or Dupre actually for that own goal being awarded because it's a, a really quality, clever <laughs> header. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately taken away from him. And the only other thing I took from it personally was <laughs> Stefan Blan's face. Oh my. Uh, as God. the fourth goal went in, he did not look a happy man. Did he? Well, he didn't look a happy man from about. 70 minutes no there he was um yelling at various staff members and looked like he was chewing a wasp for most of it so yeah yeah not impressed i I can imagine the post-match roundup was quite shouty and swearing yes go on jess no i was um i was talking to a friend of the site thomas about it afterwards and who's an angers fan and Mm -hmm. kind of saying that we thought defense would be fine it's it's you know, we were wondering where the goals are going to come from without Tokoe Kambi. So, you know, if you told Angers fans before the match that they'd have, they were going to score three goals, I'm sure they'd have been more than happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it all went a bit wonky, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, okay, so, I mean, that was the, the Crackers, Crackers game of the weekend. Um, let's finish the Saturday roundup with just a brief line on St Etienne. Uh, Rich, Wabi Kazri scored a, a beautiful cut across volley in this game for the opener absolutely brilliant technique from a player that we know he's got it it's just when he fancies delivering it um an equalizer from from gamgon from Turan from the penalty spot um but the one i want to focus on um by all means give sonetian credit but lois dioni who's a player i i really did like i must admit before his move and it all went a bit wrong at when i loaned to bristol city and just didn't work out but he provided the assist for Kazri's opener and then got the winner himself in the 80th minute. Mm. Is he is he that man that St. Etienne can rely on for goals this year? Because we, we all know that is their pro- biggest problem. Yeah, I think he could be this season. I think it's, it's a case of <clears throat> he came in under, he joined the club under previous management, um, started a few games, didn't really look like he was a settled player, was then dropped was then eventually sent out on loan. I think it's quite clear that over the summer um, that um, you know he's, he's worked hard on his fitness. He's worked hard to prove that he is a quality player. We saw it when he was at Dijon. I think Gasset has, has taken him on his wing, under his wing a little bit. I think he's, 
he's given him some comfort and he's certainly looked like he's brought some confidence back into his play because I thought on Saturday night he was excellent. I think he was probably one of the, if not the standout player in that game. I thought that as as, as good as, as Kasri's finish is, I'd almost say that the ball from, from Diony was even better. Hmm. Um, I think, um, I'd agree with that. I'm just remembering last year when we were talking about transfers and the kind of the season preview, and I was like, "Yeah, Lois Dione could be one to watch for Santa Etienne and then proceeded to score no goals. Yeah, I thought Both the same. Them get, get one assist. So yeah. hopefully, I'm just a year out. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we know. I think he he is a good player. I mean, he was great in League Two, and now he's got experience at the top level, and hopefully, this is the year he can he can kick on. Well, we know we know we know a striker is a confidence role, and clearly, he'd lost such a lot of confidence last season. Mm-hmm. The loan spell didn't work, so it, it's really pleasing to see. Um, I think for Gangon, the one thing to note, which is completely separate from this game, is is they've completed the signing of Ronnie Rodelan. Yes, today, yeah. which I think could be an intriguing sign. It's a very Gangon signing, mm. um, but you know he's a he's a player who has. Has been a key contributor, I think, to Khan um, staying up certainly recent seasons. So I think that's quite a, a decent little signing, I think, for Gangon to, to sort of complement the likes of Turam and, and Nolan Roo. Yeah. And as for just very briefly to touch on what you mentioned about confidence, um, it's something that I think in modern day football is, is overlooked in all leagues far too much. If a player is going through that run, you, the amount of times you see one just hit someone in the face and go in and then <laughs> things turn around is is uh, is quite the thing. So uh, good luck to Lois Dioni. Uh, just let me come to you for one of the Sunday games. Leon with a fairly routine 2-0 victory over Amiens. Uh, Bertrand Traore um, on the score sheet. Big season for him. And Memphis Depay, the man who's desperate to leave but isn't actually desperate to leave, depending on who you who you believe. Uh, Nabil Fakir in the stands, but it seems like he's staying put, certainly not going to England anyway. Uh, fairly good start for Leon in a, I guess you'd, well, I, mean, I use the word routine, but you would expect them to win against Amiens at home, wouldn't you really? Yeah, I think same again, you know, all the, all the top teams start started with a win. I think that's important. Um, Lyon's on paper, maybe with Marseille, is probably the, the easiest of those opening matches. So, yeah, I think it would have been more of a statement had they only drawn or lost than than to, than a win, any kind of win. So that, that was the most important thing. It wasn't particularly impressive. It wasn't helped by the state of the pitch. But no. they're, they're off to a winning start. They've got Fekir to come back in. Um, as, as discussed before, there's there's always going to be critics within uh, Lyon fans at what Genesio is doing, but I think he's he's doing more or less as as good a job as as, as he can do. Um, and you know, as as the young players in the team kick on, I, th- I think they'll be fine. It's good to see that they they've kind of. They've got enough players, certainly up front, that if one or another has a bad day, there seems to be another who kind of covers for them. So Traore didn't have too many good days, I don't think, last season. But um, certainly in pre-season, he looked really good. And although you know you have to fault Gertner a bit, it was it was a well-taken goal to to open the scoring and and settle the nerves in the end for Lyon. So yeah, they'll take that and they'll move on. But the important thing was just get the three points. Yeah. 
Yeah, still might be uh, active in the window as well, if uh, it was to be believed. Um, and uh, what we probably could say was a bit of a surprise, um, Phil, was Bordeaux, who opened up their season in the worst possible way. Uh, a 2-0 home defeat to Strasbourg. Yes, they're doing it again. Um, helped in no small part to an early red card for Pablo, uh, I think probably was the reason behind this. But good win for Strasbourg and uh, problems for Bordeaux, fair to say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, going down inside quarter of now, going down to 10 men, given that Strasbourg are a, a very energetic team who run around and, and kind of force effort from the opposition, um, it was going to make it tricky to hang on. So um not sure when the goals came exactly. But, 68 uh, and 78. Yeah. So they kind of wore them down a bit and then then hit them with uh hit them with a, a couple of decent finishes. Um well, one of the goals is superb. It yeah. is, yeah. Absolutely yeah, yeah. fantastic move. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's I think it's it's you know, it's good for them. They had some issues last season looked a bit, little bit shaky, so um getting off to a good start. Um, should help them a lot, and they've got Czechs Santetien at home um, on Sunday, so that's going to be interesting to see if they, uh, you know, go at that with the same vim. Santetien more likely to keep eleven men on the pitch, but who knows, frankly, um, in the current climate. Yeah, if if you don't if you haven't had chance, uh, it is worth looking up. I think the the goal you're referring to, Jez, the second goal from Nuno da Costa, yeah. Yeah. Um, really good build up into play. Uh, I think it's Joris Martin who puts in the cross, and uh, da Costa's there. It's a really good passing move, really good footballing goal to use the biggest cliche in footballing history. But it is a really good goal, and to be fair, Sissoko's um, control of finish for the first is also technically very good. So um, yeah, Strasbourg are off to uh, off to a flyer. Good luck to them. Uh, and finally, this uh, for our roundup for the opening day, uh, Rich, I'll come back to you. Um, PSG won. I know that's quite a surprise to us all. Um, Neymar uh, decided to, to pop pop in for a game, which was nice. He opened the scoring, but it was probably more a, um, a result in 3-0 victory over Khan. It was more about maybe some of the appearances for some players. Um, I noticed a lot of um, people who, shall we say, are not that well-versed in French football, uh, questioning why are there so many PSG players without their names on their shirts? Yeah. Who'd have, 30 who'd have plus. Then. Indeed. <laughs> so lots of people had to have that explained to them. But a, a goal for Timothy Weyer. There was this nice stat going around that uh, when Buffon was playing, with, when mm. Buffon made his debut, it was with his dad was in the opposition for Milan at the time. Uh, and Buffon himself making his debut but I digress what do you think of, of these sort of performances Rich in terms of the youngsters that Tuchel deployed is it is it purely the, the fact that he has so many players still coming back from the World Cup or is this maybe a policy you see moving forward with the likes of Nkunku and, and Weir playing in this game um, I think it's a policy that he's going to take forward um, I think he's shown pre-season I think he's shown at Dortmund he's not afraid to give young players a go um, we've we've pleaded, it's felt like, for years now that PSG need to be giving their academy players a chance because they do have an excellent academy. Um, there's going to be a number of these players that probably won't feature frequently, if again, this season with all the players that are due to come back uh, and players that were perhaps rested for the game. Um, 
but I think we've seen we've seen enough. I mean, we've we've seen enough now for season a bit from from Nkunku. Really, he is, he's yeah, he's an excellent player. He seems to just create things whenever he plays. If he's not scoring, he's creating, um, and I think he's a he is a very underrated player, and just the sheer versatility of him as well. He seems to be able to play anywhere across the middle and 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 I think they've even deployed him one or two times left wing as well. Yeah. So he's a he's a very versatile player to have. I hope we see more of him. I think we saw pre-season certainly in the trophy of the champion uh, Stanley and Soki at left back. I think if I'm leaving Kazawa I'd be a little nervous. Yeah. Um, he's, 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 he's just seen off Yuri Bashishe and he thought, yeah, okay, finally, finally I'm going to make this left back my own. And then Stanley and Soki comes along and, and produces some super performances pre-season. Um, I think we'll see him a lot more this season. And then Timothy Weyer, you know, we've we've um, you know his name has been in that first team for uh, a few months now. Tail end of last season, he made a few appearances. Um, all pre-season, he's looked energetic. He's looked exciting, full of movement. I think we will see a lot of him. Um, so I think from a PSG point of view, it was a perfectly adequate performance. Um, you know, they got they got the goal, the early goal from a, uh, a brief Samba error. They got um, second, which is a, a well-worked goal, Rabio. I think there's still some debate on what his future lies with the club. It seems at the minute he's going to stay, but won't sign a new contract, which sounds like the club are giving in to his demands, which I'm sure it won't be spun that way. Um, and then obviously where I got the late goal, um, it was a, it was perfectly fine performance. It was nothing spectacular, but it didn't particularly need to be first game of the season. I think the the interesting stat, and I think one that's, that, that that really does speak about how exciting PSG can can be when they look at, at introducing their youngsters and how promising it can be, is that they finish the game with six players aged twenty or under yeah. on the pitch. Mm which I think is, is, is tremendous. It speaks volumes for the academy. We want to see more of that. Um, they've just brought in... I find it weird that they have still not... I don't think they've officially announced it yet. Schalke have and, and everybody else have. That they brought in... Is it Keira? Yeah, he's um, very highly rated, by the way. Yeah, they brought him in, which indicates that they are definitely going to be... Well, I would say definitely going to be looking at three at the back, um, which I know um, Tuchel has been debating and and as, as mentioned a few times so I think it's it's exciting it's nice to see some change at PSG it's nice to see some new fresh young faces they're not just the the sort of name glamour signings who are late 20s and and just looking for a little bit of a stroll there's there's players here who are, are determined and want to make an impression because they know they're not going to get many chances and yeah I think it's it's really encouraging to see I think um, one of the things is, is just that, as, as Rich says, we've been crying out for this. PSG fans have been crying out for this for ages. Um, when we talk about you know the big names, obviously Rabio is still young, but Nkunku did come into the team last season, and Weyer, despite the fact he's, he was the youngest player on the night, obviously had a lot of press because of where he came from and his dad. But when you look at the th- four 19-year-olds who who featured three of them starting and Soki at left back Dagba at right back and Antoine Bernard in um, in midfield and then Moussa Diaby coming in for Lastiara um, kind of with 20 minutes to go 
I looked at this and I was like, I know there's a lot of senior players to come back, but this looks... He didn't... Tuchel didn't have to do that. He didn't have to start so many of the young guys. There were other options. It looks like this might be a deliberate policy change, and I really, really hope it is, because we've been talking for years about... You know, good young players come through at PSG, but then they leave because they're not getting the minutes because some new Galactico has been brought in. So if Tucker is going to... He's not going to play him every week. He's not going to play him in the Champions League, maybe. But he's, if he's going to change things up and switch things around and give them more opportunity, it's going to keep more good young players at the club. And that is something I think PSG fans really want to see. But also us... In a sense, the neutrals want to see because seeing a bunch of guys who've all played at World Cups beating the shit out of Dijon is is not. There's no point to it, really. You know, they they won three 0 against Cole with a lot of young players on the pitch. They can still do that without having to play all the stars all the time. And so, if they do make this policy shift it's going to be giving the stars of the future the chance to shine at PSG not EG in the Bundesliga so I think that's a, a really positive move and I really hope that kind of kind of continues um, over the next couple of weeks with those guys still getting minutes despite the fact that the the senior guys are back yeah, it keeps them fresh for the Champions League campaign as well, yeah. potentially the Stars. So um, just very, very quickly, because we are going to wrap up the show very shortly, but just very quickly, Jez, any, anything to read into the likes of Giovanni Lo Celso posted on Instagram, uh, sort of slightly cryptic, slightly uh, I'm not very chuffed at not playing kind of message. Um, obviously, we've heard from from uh, Adrian Rabio's mum, oh, sorry, Adrian Rabio, uh, about the fact that he's clearly still fluttering his eyelids and flashing his skirt uh, at Barcelona and other teams. Um, any concerns that maybe a few of those younger, talented players yet again are looking for ways out? Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, Rabio is Rabio. We we know what. <laughs> We're going to get with him if he if he stays and everything's sorted. Well, not if he stays. If everything's sorted, he will play. You know, he he has established himself as one of the main first teamers there, and certainly when they're playing the younger players, even though he's only 23, 24, he's you know he is one of the more experienced ones now. Um, if he really insists on going, either he's not going to go or he'll he could find himself on the bench for for a lot of the season. Um, so I think his is a slightly different case. Lo Celso, I can understand why he's upset because uh, he, you know, he did finally get his chances last year, and I thought did some really good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, as as Rich and Phil just said, you know, credit to Tuchel for giving the young players the chances, and all they can do is take those chances. So when you've got players like um, Benan and uh, and Kunku who, given the chance, are playing well, then uh, yeah, it's it's tough luck on Los Celso, who maybe will look to 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 move if he doesn't want to have to have that fight for a place. But for PSG, it's 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 all the better because if you're keeping such a talented player out, and it's 19 year olds keeping those players out, then you know I think PSG are looking a pretty good 
good state at the moment. Yeah, there's a there's a place in North London for Lascelles, so it's not a problem. <laughs> uh, I'll get his bags packed myself. Um, and as for for Khan uh, Khan fans, don't worry, I still believe in you. It will all be fine. Uh, Brilliant. <laughs> probably not because I've just jinxed them but you know uh, I don't think they really turned up expecting too much it should be said Buffon did make a good save in that game at nil-nil so who knows anywho and they um, did hit the post and they did hit the post you're absolutely right yeah. so we, we can we can claim that uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about PSG I really like the look of uh, Dugba it's just something about mm. him, like the way he plays so hopefully he gets more game time Even I also, the ICC I also, is terrible but yes he's looked good you're like oh yeah, I liked the the grimaces as well that Tucker was doing on the touchline. Although, although there were a couple, of them, when one was, of the goals he was, he was not a happy bunny. He wasn't no. water and managed to cover himself in water. So for the next one, he was sitting on an ice box, a la Bielsa. Yes. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? To avoid spilling anything down himself, which was yeah. quite funny. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Um, okay, uh, looking at next week fixtures, we've we've got uh, Ram Lyon on Friday. We've got Gang on PSG on Saturday, the early game, the evening games. We've got Amiens Montpellier, Carn Nice, Dijon Nantes, Monaco Lille looks a bit tasty, and Rennes Angers with Strasbourg Saint Etienne, which. So it might be worth a look if anywhere you could find to watch it <clears throat> uh, on Sunday. And you've also got Toulouse-Bordeaux, uh, which all of a sudden looks quite a big game, even though it's only two, two matches in for both sides. And Nîmes-Marseille, as Phil mentioned earlier on, is the evening game on. I, ca- I kind of like that the promoted teams are starting and finishing the weekend against two podium teams. Yeah. Like Reims-Lyon starts us off on Friday night and then Nîmes-Marseille finishes us off on, on Sunday. Yeah. I, I think those could both be very enjoyable games to watch. Absolutely. So we will, of course, be across those next week. Uh, just before we uh, wrap up the show and, and plug something to uh, to mention, I will just very quickly mention the fact that uh, in Ligue 2, it's happening, Jez. It's happening. <laughs> Mets played 3-1-3. Three, three. Goal difference of plus six. They're coming back. <laughs> uh, they're losing at home to Clermont in the Coupe de la Ligue. Oh, the you moment. have to go and ruin it. <laughs> Who cares but, about um, the Cup anyway? In, oh, in, hey, hey, hey. Okay, so far so. in the league, they've they've looked excellent. Diallo has got five goals, albeit four in one match. But the main the main man so far has been Bulaya, who's uh, he's scored a couple and already got four assists and. Um, yeah, the weekend came back from Tuna down, down to win 3-2. Yeah. And in the last minute, a really cheeky flick from him, followed by a very dodgy dive, I think. But still, it won a free <laughs> kick on the edge of the area, which he put into the top corner to, for a, a really good comeback win. So yeah. Antonetti is doing the business so far. What's the, what's the French for bounce-back ability? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's um, West Brom or something. <laughs> well, that, that's that's enough about Mets because we all know that uh, Lorient's charge is underway as well. Uh, We're looking forward to Lorient's home game on Friday at Bordeaux. Uh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang what? on, hang on. No, you Val- L- Valenciennes, you mean? The, no, no, no. The the Moustoir hosted oh, uh, uh, a Celtic music festival, yes. which <laughs> left the pitch in such a bad state that they're going to play Valenciennes at home, so uh, at a home. northern derby 
but in not the at south home. in the southwest. Yes. Bring back bring back the plastic pitch. Yes, <laughs> I missed the plastic pitch, but uh, yeah, Valencia is is up next. They they are they are uh, have made a good start. They are currently behind Mets um, and Lons in third place. An opening day nil. But they are nil nil against Valencia in the Coupe de la Ligue. Indeed, they are. Um, having won against uh, Chateauroux away from home 2-1 and then uh, beating Gazelec Ajaxio away from home 3-1 as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, bring it on. Uh, however, Orléans and Nancy, not good starts for them, or Red Star, played three, lost three. So uh, there you go. There's a very, very brief uh, league de- update. Uh, of course, we'll be back across that when it heats up. Uh, Phil, round Just, I made a mess of losing at home to Grenoble, not Clermont today. It was Clermont they beat the other day. God's Sorry. sake. God, just one job. Phil, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, before we uh, let the listeners go, just uh, a quick plug for something upcoming via. Yes, um, we will have our next instalment of the supporter stories uh, on Thursday with Paul B, who is uh, going to share his story about how he became a PSG fan in the late 80s, early 90s, before all of the, the Qatari situation, as he puts it. And then on Friday, we're going to have um, an article from our friend Tarek Amir about um, Lyon and Genesio's proper first, second season, as it were, to line up, uh, line things up before, obviously, um, uh, Lyon play Reims on that uh, as the first uh, game of the, the next round of, of Ligue 1. So, two more articles coming up uh, this week. Um, anybody else who wants to get in touch and tell their story of how they uh, found a French club as a non-French person, please do uh, get in touch either on Twitter or send us an email, uh, which you can find on the site through the Contact Us section. We'd love to read your stories. There's been some brilliant ones so far. The PSG one coming up is actually focuses on the same match that one of our Bordeaux supporters mentions in, in his one. It's brilliant seeing how all of these things uh, fit together. So please do get in touch if you want to tell your story and we will be all over, obviously, um, uh, the next round um, for the podcast next week. So send any questions in either on Twitter or in the comments under the article where we publish the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to reading that PSG uh, article. That sounds like a good one. Um, and uh, just from a personal point of view, if you're bored and you've got 140, it's not 140 characters anymore, is it? If you've got all the characters that Twitter offer you now, um, at BT Sport, just just carry on fighting the good fight, everybody. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, if, if enough of us keep bombarding them and cancelling our subscriptions, eventually we shall win. Yeah, um, I think the, uh, the, the, the poll we did was about 80%. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, I know it's um, not many teams, not many people who are watching Italian football seem to be doing the same, or German football, but uh, us French football folk are fighting the good fight, so long, long may it continue. Right, uh, that'll do us then for this week. Uh, slightly extended version of the pod, but I say we wanted to give every team a little mention uh, on the opening game, back to probably the more regular format next week of highlighting a few individual games. So uh, hopefully we have plenty to choose from after the weekend's matches uh, if your team's involved say do get in touch if you've got any questions let us know and keep your eyes on our new content but until then just remains for me to thank our uh, our lovely panel of uh, of phil of jazz and of rich so thank you very much to you all for joining me this evening 
Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, as always, enjoy your French football. And we'll be back in your ears this time next week.